and I as have friends, I definitely have friends, 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 friendly friends. friends. Time to meet my friends. I'm Patty. Paula. Oh. <laughs> it's from Crazy Ex Girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, what is again? An- Cupcakes. What intention would you like to set for today? <laughs> for this episode? Um, I would like to set the intention of... Mm-hmm. Togetherness. Mm. Cute. Connection. Mm. Camaraderie. Camaraderie. It's all C's. I need, well, togetherness. Oh. I take that word back. I'd like connection, oh. camaraderie, and Community. connectivity. Ooh, connectivity. Say collective. <laughs> the collective. What would your intention be for this episode? My intention? Yeah. For my meds to kick in. They're they're getting there. That's good. <laughs> I took them a while ago, so they'll, they'll, they'll kick in and eventually. Love that. Um. Uh, I like your three C's. I agree. The three C's. The three C's. We love an alliteration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't we? Don't we, though? Don't if we? you haven't gathered that by now. We love threes and we love an alliteration. It was a thing at my last agency that Bailey loved an alliteration. Like every mm-hmm. single idea I would come, not every single, but a lot of the ideas I would come to the table with were alliterations. Mm-hmm. A lot of the meta projects, all the meta team would be like, oh, did Bailey have a hand in this presentation? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not it away. <laughs> Compliance coins. Mm. I worked on some boring stuff with Meta, but it was fun. Yeah. But the alliteration also helps it stick. Yep. Yeah. Memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, good morning. Good morning. Welcome back. We've only been away from each other for a week. Yeah. I know. This is rare for us. This is the quickest we'll have ever recorded yeah Yeah. and boy how much has happened in just a week (laughs) boy howdy could you imagine if we waited two no (laughs) i could not uh we hope your 2024s are going well still mine isn't (laughs) it's fine um let's kick it off though with happies and crappies and find the positive miss halsey carlin so start with some negative i won't take you look at me Homework. Homework. My crappy. I don't have one. Wow. Nothing. <laughs> she, she had to make room for mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have one. It was a really good week. Good. So we love to see it. <laughs> Blushing already. Um, uh, my happies. My friend Anna, who's one of my childhood best friends, was in town. Yeah. For the holidays, and we got to spend New Year's Eve together, and she came over, and we. Watched um, Trolls. And <laughs> Never seen that movie. Me neither. Love it. Um, <laughs> you and mom are like obsessed with that movie, right? Only the first one. Oh. You the don't other like ones the new are one? not. No. How many are there? There's three now. There's three. <laughs> and a show. And then like a short. What? The trolls are busy. The trolls are busy. Um, no, I don't care for like any of the spinoff stuff. I yeah. only like the first movie. Yeah. Because it's great. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Anyways. Um, 
we watched that and ate good food Fun. and she always brings me baked goods. She's a, a listener of the podcast. Um, big fan, big fan. I know she follows us on TikTok and that yes. girl is on it with the engagement. Yeah, she I'm is. like, get it, Anna, yeah. get it. Well, and she just like genuinely really enjoys the podcast, which is so fun. That's and nice. Um, so she, we were like talking about it and it's always fun to have her in town. So, because yeah. she moved. Where is she living now? North Dakota. She moved North there. For, Dakota. She moved there for college when we graduated right. high school. Yeah, ten years ago, uh, <laughs> um, and just has stayed, and she's got a great job now. So oh, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, that happens, so she's you know? doing good, happy, healthy, and thriving. Most of those things. <laughs> She's always got a health thing going on, you know. Oh, yeah. We love her. I know. Um, something's always internally falling apart. Same, but, same, same, same. Mm-hmm. But we love that for her. Um, <laughs> that she's falling apart. That she's, <laughs> she keeps it together. Yeah. Um, and then I went on a date. Yeah, a couple. I went on a second date. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. So that's all I'm gonna say. Think. Yeah, <laughs> I think welcome. that's. I yeah. think that's wise. <laughs> yep. Because it's burgeoning. Uh huh. Yeah, that's it for that. And then, it's so tiny. I know it's so little. Wait, which Kindle is that? It's the same one you guys have. Uh uh. Unless you have the paperweight. I have the paperweight. It's the same one Kelly has. I think I have the the paperweight too. too. Oh, then I just have the standard Kindle. Standard. Oh my god, so cute. Oh, it's a miniature. Oh my god. I didn't realize it was so much smaller. Yeah. Yeah. When you called me to tell me how cute and tiny it is, I was like, it's like the size of a book. Nope. <laughs> nope. It is not. It is not. She tiny. How adorable. Um, but she's perfect. Fun. Hold, please. Yeah. What are you reading? Oh, and you're reading the Darker Shade of Magic series? Well, not yet. I'm finishing a different book first. Uh, oh, okay. Your smut book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah. 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 Um, but she's so cute. Yeah. I love her. Welcome to the fam. Um, yeah. Love it. Love it. Love to see it. Love books. Um, yeah, I don't have a crappy. Great. If I had anything, it would just be that like work has been busy, but that's about it. Yeah. Oh, hutches. We changed some things around. In oh, we're gonna have a little hutch booty. Hutch booty. That's it. That's all we get. Just I love a butt. It. Look at how soft I know. he's lying. He's just a soft boy. One of these days we're gonna we're gonna get puppy cams so you guys can see what's yeah. happening yeah. around us because there's always a puppy being cute. And he's yeah. just he's just the best. Jansen calls him honey bun now, because that's kind of what he looks like. He especially like when he's curled bun. up. Yeah. Oh, adorable. Well, thanks for your happies and your and not your crappies. You're welcome. Bravo. Bravo. You know, one of us had to have a good week. <laughs> Mrs. Carlin. This is Carlin. This is Gabber. Yes. So my crappy is the same crappy that I had in our episode 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 14. Yeah. yeah. My eyes. Oh, mm-hmm. man. But it has, it got worse. <laughs> I feel like when we recorded the last episode, it was manageable. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, I woke up and it was bright red. We all made the same face. <laughs> Such Hutch. bright red and painful, super painful, and didn't know what to do. Yeah. So you guys were leaving because yeah. Bailey was staying with James and Bailey were staying with us, and I made a doctor's appointment. 
we leave to go and I asked Jansen to take me because I wasn't sure if they would have to dilate my eyes. So I was like, yeah. just please drive me. Also, it is going to be an evening appointment and driving at night right now is really hard. Driving at night with dilated eyes, not a good mixture. Also, that is also the weirdest experience. Yeah. Getting your eyes dilated. I've only had it like once I've or never twice. Had it. Oh my gosh, it's so strange. I have some drops. Would you like to try it? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I asked him to drive me and we go into the garage. The place is about 30 minutes away. We go and our car battery is dead. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Love it. Jansen's like, I'll figure this out. We only have one work, one car family these yep. days. So he's like, I'll figure this out. You get an Uber, <laughs> go to the, your appointment. Yeah. Pull up Uber. It's $50 one way. Absolutely was, not. It's just like, nope. Is this worth it? Nope. So I called the appointment or I called the office. And I was like, do I get a penalty if I cancel last minute? I just made the appointment this morning, but I can't get to you. Right. Like mm-hmm. the first one, you'll have just a warning. And then okay. the next one will, we would charge you. And I was like, that's fine. I, yeah. can I come tomorrow? Yeah. And they were able to get me in the next morning. So just thankful for that. Thankful that I could change it. And then thankful that we got a new car battery. Yay. Cut to Friday. The day we go, I go to my appointment. It's fine. I get a prescription. We come home. I drop it off. And then they're like, okay, it'll be ready around five. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I go to Walgreens around 5 p.m., a little after. And they're like, did you just come from urgent care? No. No, I dropped this off at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think it was ever scanned into the system. <sighs> okay, cool. Well, oh, I, I hate pharmacies. Yeah. I everything medical related right now man honestly so they start they're like okay let us scan this in and find it oh actually we don't have this in stock so you're gonna have to go to a different pharmacy it's 5 30 almost 6 p.m at this point i'm like awesome i need these yeah yeah (laughs) okay oh actually we found some if you're good with the generic version so (laughs) i was like i don't care what version it is (laughs) yeah just give me the dang eye drops there's (laughs) no difference right Okay, can I have your insurance card? Okay, cool. I've done all this before when I handed off the prescription in the first place, but yes, here's my insurance card. Do you have an updated card? It's not coming up with anything in the system. Every piece of this. I was like, my insurance has not changed for the past five years. I've been on the same plan with the same company. Also, have you been to that pharmacy before? Yes. (laughs) What the heck? I can't. So I was just like... Nothing has changed. I don't because my card is outdated. It's the last card I've been given, oh, but it, yeah. because I it had a 2022 date, not a 2023 date, they were like, "This isn't gonna work." Sus. <laughs> I was like, but then she's like, "Oh, if you add an 01 at the end of it, it fixes it." It's like no car. And Jansen's pulling up his um, app on the phone right. to see like the most recent the card. digital one. No version of the card has an 01 on it anywhere, and. We just got new cards in the mail, too. And yeah. again, they don't have the 01 at the end. So what this lady was talking about, I don't know. I was so frustrated. I was like. <laughs> was it the same lady that was that said the generic version was available? Like, maybe this woman just needs a different job. Not good at her job. Yeah. So, yeah, my that was my crappy. But your um, eyes are progressing positively. Yes? Yes, okay. I think so. Okay. I was on a very heavy, intense regimen with steroid, and I'm just slowly yeah waning off but they're not sensitive to light anymore but as i do more drops throughout the day my vision does get blurrier so Mm. i'm good for now i can kind of see right now but (laughs) towards the rest of the day i'll just be like 
bringing my laptop closer and closer. God, so, so sad. We'll get you one of those magnifiers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was my crappy. And then my happies were on the eye, similar. Mm-hmm. I went to a new doctor this time, and I really liked her. And I feel like she explained what it was mm. more thoroughly than the last doctor did and told me, like, what I need to do to see a general, like a GP, and yeah. explained to me what I would need to tell them. Good. Because... I'm that type of person that like I just get anxious about totally. you know, social social things. And so yeah. she's like, this is what you'll tell them. They'll be able to run these tests for you. And if like they need my your records, they can contact me. Here's my Ooh, card. That's so nice. And if your um, tests all come back clean, like we'll work on figuring out yeah. what this is. And like yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out together. And I was like, thank you for taking the time to act like you actually cared yeah do your job yeah i was like what a wild concept there's something to be said for a millennial doctor versus an older Mm -hmm. doctor of Mm -hmm. just like okay yeah i want to give you the kind of care that i would want totally so i have two more crappies no (laughs) no happies i mean happies (laughs) (laughs) i was very happy about my crappies (laughs) i have two more happies and the one, the second one being that I'm greatly enjoying our January organization time yes. and throwing things away. Mm. So excited to get back to that a little bit later this weekend. Yeah. I'm actually glad you brought it up because it was um, a sub bullet for happies and crappies. I wanted to check oh. in about the January calendar because we haven't talked about it on the show. Yeah. But Kelly designed this incredible organizational planning calendar that's on our social medias. It's pinned to the top. And each day is a really simplistic task to help you reorganize your home. Mm-hmm. Each week is kind of broken up into sections of the house. Yeah. Um, Some weeks are two sections, depending on how much work we have left. Um, But the really nice part is she baked in a mid-month check-in so that you can take a break or get caught up if you have not been doing it each day, like me. I'll go home on Monday and I'll probably do the rest of the kitchen Mm -hmm. and get ahead again. Um, But it's so helpful and I love it. And yeah, we'd love it if people could share and save it so that it makes its way around the internets. And each day isn't a huge... Burden. chunk so no. even if you do get behind it's mm-hmm. easy like do a couple a day yeah. or use the midway check-in or extend it into february you know yeah. i mean it's spring cleaning so yeah. you can technically just do it all spring it's not even really spring yet it's still winter, winter we're ahead of the game organization y'all. uh yeah i'm in it's, it's my happy place so same same yeah i loved it the day one was uh just the kitchen just not even the kitchen it was just the fridge and the freezer mm-hmm. and i felt so accomplished that yeah. i did just that throughout the year also i'll try to i'll check i'll bring everything out of like at least the refrigerator and yeah check expiration dates kind of see what's gonna come up within that month that i need to go through and keep that in mind when i'm like meal planning and stuff too exactly Thanks for making that. Yeah. It's a cute yeah. design queen. Love it. And then on that, on the organization side of things, my other happy was that Jansen helped me reorganize my desk and 
cable management, which is his happy place. And <laughs> yes. it's beautiful. It is so, beautiful. And is, we rearranged the studio a little bit. So it's a little mm-hmm. more cozy and comfy. Yeah. And everybody's in more comfortable seating. It feels good. Yeah. Feel... Except for my widow wigs. <laughs> well, you can like curl up on the I couch. Know. No, I know. I'm comfortable. I okay, just think good. it's funny that it... I realized I mean, the other day that when I'm sitting in this, my feet also don't touch don't the ground. Don't touch the ground. <laughs> you guys are cute. I got a long torso and wood wigs. Teeny yeah. tiny peoples. Mm-hmm. That's it from me. It's I like your it. happies and your crappies, dudes. Yeah. about turn. you? Okay. <clears throat> crappies first. Mm, well, there's... And on a high note. Several. Thank oh, you. Okay. Let's prepare. First of all, I have a sty. Again. Oh. In this eye. I don't think the happened. eye troubles in on this the podcast. Pro- <laughs> it's insane. You're next. Get ready. <laughs> not my eyes. <laughs> well, you know. My eyes. Not my eyes. Turns not out. the gun drop buttons. <laughs> not um, the gun drop buttons. Yeah, I was telling Kelly this last night. I've had two styes now in the last year-ish. It's and I've never had them in my entire life. I also don't. Is it stress? Yeah, is that why you easy. have them? Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because here are my happy, or my crappies. Um... It was really disappointing listening to the last episode while I was editing it because uh, all of my happies are now very much crappies. Um, The first blow in the last week was that because I live in the state of California and because I live in America, my therapy costs a disgusting amount of money. But now I have to go to psychiatry appointments paired with the therapy appointments and the psychiatry appointments cost more than the therapy appointments and insurance doesn't cover them at all. And I have to go for every therapy appointment. I have to go to a psychiatry appointment because they have to manage my meds. My med being one antidepressant that I've been on for upwards of five years. Don't know why I need that med managed, but here we are. So I found that out and had a complete breakdown because I found a therapist that I liked and I, my barrier to entry is money. And that just makes me so angry Yeah, because it's not something that I can just pull out of my butt. <laughs> if I could, I would. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> money grows on butts? Somewhere. No. <laughs> um, not yet. <laughs> so that happened on a Friday, I think, last Friday. And I, James and I had a talk about it and he was like, well, we can just, we'll just put it on the credit card. doesn't matter. I'm like, but then every month we'll be behind because we'll be spending over a thousand dollars in therapy costs and then our other expenses. And then we'll be at a deficit every single month. Like that doesn't make any sense just for therapy, not just for therapy, but for therapy. Yeah. Something that is not a necessity. I've had therapy in the past. It's not like I'm desperately needing to talk to someone, but the disappointment of finding Kisera and then just having her ripped away from me. She sent me a really nice email, just commiserating and saying that she was sorry that this was happening, but that she has hope that we get to come back together. Yeah. I'm sorry, babe. (laughs) Ben. (laughs) Sorry. You don't need to be sorry. Like the next day. Um, I got a message from Washington Unemployment that my unemployment has run out (sighs) about four months earlier than I expected. So that's fun. Um, (sighs) Um, 
The bummer part is that I made a really healthy income. So my unemployment was paying me like 900 bucks a week, which was beautiful. Um, and that's a almost $2,800 a month mm-hmm. budget that's now going to be gone in the next couple of weeks. And what's hard about it, like, there's so much that's hard about it. Sorry. You don't need to apologize. No, not at all. There's so much wrapped up in job failure and disappointment and uh, just trying not to compare myself with my father because I'm not him. But job loss, as we've talked about on the podcast, is just something that's been a negative red thread through our lives and our family lives. So when it happens, this is the second time that it's happened to me in my career. And it's so hard to not take it so personally, but it's also so hard to just be in this position again where I just feel like a failure. Um, No one thinks that you are, though. I know. Just my demons do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just it's hard to like come into this room with people that I love and respect and that I'm trying to build something with and just be like, I don't know what the future holds and I don't, I don't have a plan. Yeah. And the plan that I have is just loosey goosey and kind of forming as we go, but to not have that cash coming in to help build the plan. It's hard. It just makes me feel, I don't know useless i guess um i just i'm in this headspace this week where i just desperately need a win or like a sign that i'm doing like this is all not for not mm-hmm. you know and the beauty and irony of one that the universe didn't do both of these blows in the same day hilarious like thanks Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, little breather. But that I, you know, I first had to get through the disappointment of therapy. Cool. Okay. Not going to be paying for that. Got it. Then <laughs> the irony of like, good, because you don't have the money to do it anyway. <laughs> Glad you got over that fast. Uh, it's just a lot. Yeah. And yeah. all of it is, not all of it, but a lot of it's just out of my control. Um, I think the... Sadness piece is because I'm married now and I can't help but feel this. The most angry negative feelings in the brain are that I swindled James into marrying me and then everything fell apart. And then now he's got this wife that is a completely different person than the person that he went into the marriage with and of course he doesn't feel that way no not at all but it's so hard to not feel like i'm disappointing him yeah and like messing up the plan but also the beauty in it of you have someone to walk alongside you with it and Mm -hmm. yeah be there to help pick up the slack if it needs to be and totally it's just a season and to encourage you and 
be there to help game plan with you and say, okay, let's figure this out together. Like you're not in this alone. Exactly. And that's why he's my happy because just the support that he's given me and the things that he said over the last week have just been stunningly wonderful and assuring me that like this is all just a a moment, a blip, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is not forever. And I know that deep down. It's just hard to feel like I know it's happening because I have to want this so much more than all the hard stuff that's happening. And I have to push through like that's why it's going on. Um, And in the thick of it, it's hard to think, Okay, what is this going to look like after? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, who knows? But but it's going to look different. It will. So, Um, yeah, he's been wonderful in that. He's just enveloped me in this this mode of uh, he's got us and we'll figure it out. Yeah. And he wants me to keep pursuing this and finding my happy and not just taking the next job. Which, mm-hmm. what jobs? The job market is a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's hilarious is for unemployment in California, I think in all states, or sorry, in Washington, um, you had to apply to three jobs a week to be mm-hmm. able to get the unemployment. So I've been applying to three to four jobs a week since I got laid off. Mm-hmm. I have not had one company email me back. Yeah. Not one. And on LinkedIn, you can see how many people have applied to a job. We're mm-hmm. talking upwards of 5,000 applicants yep. for jobs right now. Yeah. There's no way my resume is getting seen by any of these people. Not that Ooh. I would even want to be seen by these people because I don't want to do this job anymore. Yeah. But – I'm trying and I'm putting myself out there. And uh, the last time I got laid off, I had an interview the next day. Really? Yes. The market right now, it's a joke. And I don't know why no one's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it on TikTok because we're all in this together. But no one on the news, everyone on the news is like, the job market's fantastic. We have low unemployment. I'm like, well, who are you talking yeah. to? Because that is not the reality out here. I don't no. know. The tech community is obliterated right now. Yeah. Well, even when I was applying for jobs, I was applying. Like, there are all these companies complaining of, like, nobody wants to work. Nobody's applying. Nobody, you know, um, we're, we've, we're all understaffed. No blah, one blah, wants blah. to work. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, no one wants to when I, exactly when I was uh, applying for jobs when I was trying to leave the hotel. Yeah, I was filling out no less than twenty yeah applications a day. Yeah, um, at at like minimum twenty a day. Insane. And yeah. then calling at least four right or five a day. Um, the only reason I got the job that I have now is because I like hounded for it like yeah. i because you didn't know about anybody it. in the company right no that's incredible. i had no connections i had, but also like it's you know it's a it's a pretty entry-level job but sure. um but i mean still. it's a little above entry level but anyways it's you got it on your own merit yes. that's what i'm saying yeah all the jobs that i've gotten except for the last one mm-hmm. i knew someone in the room i knew yeah. someone to get me in the door or somebody somebody yeah. knew someone to vouch for me the only reason mm-hmm. i got my last job was because i was headhunted but yeah. other than that i 
I don't know how to look for a job anymore mm-hmm. because I that is the longest that I've been in a company. I was there for over four years. So yeah. the whole industry has changed and mm-hmm. for the worse, mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to get out of this industry to begin with yeah. because it is not built to last. No, absolutely It ain't not. for tough. <laughs> no. So that's where I'm at. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. You, you got a happy in there other than James? Rob. That's my other happy. Uh, our trip with Rob was wonderful. He's yeah. just grown up so much. He was so fun to have. He was so fun Christmas to be Day. around and hang out. I, I loved watching him with Jansen. It was just so fun to see yeah. them connect and have so much in common. Yeah, and he was so excited about. to like show Jansen a new game. And Dude. And then we had a couple days with him in California, too, so he could, you know, be in our world and also see Heidi. That was very important because that's that's, that's Heidi's the, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she she knows like she knows his smell and knows mm-hmm. him. She was like so excited that Robbie <laughs> was home. But he just said the sweetest things about being invited into this family and being a part mm-hmm. of it and having this part of his life include yeah. us and that he's just so settled and happy knowing that james and i are settled and happy and yeah. it was just lovely he's, he's a great so, dude he's such a good kid love you mans yeah. um so yeah my my boys those are my happies um happies. Very other happies. happies book club da, 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 da. so we switched it up for book club and we all ended up reading the same book, which was The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Snakes and Songbirds? Songbirds yep. and Songbirds. Snakes. Songbirds and Snakes. We'll get it right eventually. Uh, Halsey has her oh. book report that she just ripped. <laughs> ASMR. Um, so I wanted, because we all read the same book, I wanted to formalize the conversation and treat this like an actual book club. So I came with questions and the ladies answered those questions. Uh, and we're going to talk about it. And then tonight we're going to watch the movie all together. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm not excited because now that I have finished this book, I'm absolutely petrified of looking at this. Yeah. Also... So it's only PG thirteen. How? Mm-hmm. How? I don't know. Literally how? But like I, I didn't know that. Have, I'm pretty sure. That's crazy because there's some violence up in this. So shit. much violence. Massive I, and okay, death. if you haven't read the book, I'm so sorry. There are going to be spoilers because I can't yeah. not talk about some of this oh, stuff. For sure. <laughs> we we tried to say no spoilers. No, there's going to be so many spoilers. There'll if you spoilers. haven't read this book, we'll put a timestamp in the description. I also like. I think. I would like that moving forward with our mm-hmm. book club, choosing books that maybe have been out for a little bit longer. Yeah, this has been out for three years. And Four the years. Been it came out, out in May November. of 2020. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. Oh, so that's one of my points. I'm really excited to talk about that. Bit. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. Um, do you guys want me to go question by question? Or yes. do you- Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I'm pumped. <laughs> okay, love it. Okay, so I came up, and by me, I mean me and ChatGPT, mm. came up with some questions to ask ourselves. Mentors in the Hunger Games have always been pivotable. Pivotable? Pivotable. <laughs> pivotal. I'm wrapping off on you. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Getting Kelly brain. How does learning about their early roles shift our view of the tributes lifelines in the original trilogy? Which you started, Halsey started rewatching it too, the other ones, the old ones. I was supposed to, 
Oh. Oh, yeah. She got sick. Got okay. Yeah. That's right. Uh, James and I rewatched because he's never seen them um, because he was. But like, I did watch them like last year. Oh, okay. I, I had a. I've also rewatched them recently. Perfect. Yes. Okay. Great. I had a. Hunger Games night. Hunger Games night. Basically just by myself. Um, <laughs> Hunger Games weekend. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, should yeah. say. Uh, and watched all of them. Yeah, yeah. James has never seen them. There's this funny uh aspect to james in that mm-hmm. when he was in his 20s when most people are just doing their own thing he was a full-fledged father yeah i was uh, about to say that <laughs> so dad. and he was working 80 70 80 yeah. hour work week so he just has no concept of media of that time me- yep yeah. absolutely so he had never even seen previews of the hunger games had no concept of what they were and it was so fun watching them with him because that would have been that era of like 08 to yes. 2014 where yeah. like all of that was happening like yeah. twilight the end of harry potter yes oh my god the hunger yeah. games all of those things were happening At all within like 08 to 2013 ish yep. um and he was playing madden yeah and having a <laughs> child <laughs> yeah um okay a child how do you want to answer these questions how does learning about their early roles shift our views of the tributes lifelines in the original trilogy question and answer Start us off. Okay. Uh, sorry, she's ready. So excited. She's excited. Um, so I thought it was so interesting how like Snow and his fellow mentors for the tenth games really shaped the beginnings mm-hmm. of what the games would become. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the commuter cuffs to donations, the extra torture of like mm. the snakes being thrown in, the him sending the rat poison yeah. in, that all the, those things. That like, the arena would be part of. Yes, the that potential there would death. be another player. Basically, yes. yes. The arena becomes another one of the tributes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, the messages to the tributes, because that becomes a huge thing in the Hunger original Games. in the in the Hunger Games series with Katniss of them be the mentors purposely and being allowed to send yeah. tools, messages, all these things, not just food and water. Um, and so, so interesting that like this group, like the the first time they've had these mentors, yeah. Being, being the students and the students being like they need other things right like they you know they need other things but they need other things in order to create more interest in watching them yes like these sets of the youth yes, of these the, mentors they were more baked into this thought process of reality tv and watchableness yeah. mm-hmm. and making it more interesting for the mm-hmm. districts to tune in mm-hmm. he already knew that mm-hmm. he needed to make it that much more intense mm-hmm. and interesting. I think too he saw the and used it to his advantage of mm-hmm. the tributes needed someone to bond with mm-hmm. and then moving forward how the mentors are are previous winners yes. they have the trauma bond and I think some of the bond that he had with yeah. Lucy Gray because he had to go into the arena right so they had that mm-hmm. bond even though they had kind of started forming a friendship before right. the game mm-hmm. actually started but he saw like the hope i think that mm-hmm. having someone who's won this be the one to talk you through how right. to yep. strategize it it's like right. okay you're gonna give me hope that i can actually do this right yeah. especially because he goes in and not only has to kill someone right mm-hmm. um and has to fight for his life right and so yeah like you said like that instant trauma bond of like oh this is very real um and she's having to fight for her life so let me find a way to send her something that gives her half a chance 
Maybe this is the revolutionary in me, but mm-hmm. it made me so angry that he did go through all those things and his reaction wasn't, this is messed up. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. Instead, his reaction was very militaristic, propaganda to the max, yes. making like connecting himself with, oh, what was the game maker's name? Doctor. Uh, Doctor something. Cool. Uh, Gail? Gal? No. Jeez, I don't remember. H-L. I don't know. I listened Gaul. to the book. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I listened, so I don't remember. I, I didn't see how it in my head, but I think it's Gaul. Yeah. yeah. Just instead of she seeing was her bonkers. Instead of seeing her as bonkers, he Which he, he does at of, first. But not really. He respects her almost yeah. the entire book based on his actions. I think out yes. of terror though. Yeah. True. At the end, in the final chapter, it becomes a uh not an adoration, but it becomes that like I can use her as a tool. She is totally. another step up. She is another yes. tool for me to gain right. power, all of these things. Right. Whereas in the beginning, it's a, she's a tool to keep me alive and mm. she's a meal ticket. Right. Which but is she, how he sees everyone. Totally. He also didn't see that she was the one pulling all the yes, strings absolutely. up until the end. Yeah. Once he realized that, he that's why, yeah. uh, what's Dean... Oh, high bottom. Deem high, high bottom. bottom. Worst name. High is a kite bottom. <laughs> that's what he calls him. That's, yeah, oh, that's, that's right. what the students call him. Very interesting. Okay. Any gray areas in the book that tugged at your heartstrings or made you question right and wrong? Hi. Um. So, Corio, I call him Corio because, because his name is obnoxious. It's so long. Him hunting Lucy Gray in the final chapter oh. was just so visceral and the switch happens so fast yes well yeah that that switch flips in his brain at what she is no longer a meal ticket yeah she is no longer um useful to him and he goes yeah she's gotta die um (laughs) (laughs) within a couple of it was so visceral and we i really you feel and i think part of it was listening to it but you really feel the tension Mm -hmm. and the fear that she must have been feeling in that moment, even though we only get it through his point of, point view. of view. Yeah. But because it literally like my heart rate like started up Same. of like listening to him talk about like, s- like, okay, I see her footprints. Yeah. Okay. Like, oh, I hear a rustle. She probably did that on purpose. Yeah. Let me shoot into the like <laughs> void into the void and maybe hit her. And the fact that like an hour ago he was running away with her because he loved her. Yeah. Loves her so much. Has known her like a month. Is he just a sociopath? Uh-huh. Well, I think he might just yes. be a <laughs> But, sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say something? No. I can say something, yeah, yeah. but I didn't want to, like, change your... No, 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 you're okay. Trajectory. I felt like yeah. kind of where I was leading up with the last question of, yeah. like, I didn't necessarily have a gray area of something, but I felt like what tugged on my heartstrings was, and what I felt like he was struggling with was... That he has to align himself more out of fear, I think, Mm -hmm. with whoever is going to be the strongest in the room so Mm -hmm. he can use that to his advantage and then become Mm -hmm. stronger than him. And so it's like, and I think that is something that a lot of people end up doing and is Mm -hmm. actually easier Mm -hmm. than we care to admit of, Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay quiet because I don't want to die. I'm going to sell out. My friends. Yeah. How Sir he does. Sejanus. Yeah. He oh, does him so, so dirty. bad. And. I cried. 
And he just does it without just fully a crying. second thought. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to, this is going to save me in the long yeah. run. So if I have to yeah. basically offer you up as a sacrifice, then I'll do it. Then I'll do what I have to do to survive. And the fact that like his whole thought process after mm-hmm. he gets Sejanus killed, mm-hmm. like he gets him hung. His only thought process was how that was going to affect him. I know. Yeah. And how, oh, the disgust, like getting close with his family after. Dude. Basically replacing him. Yes. The fact that they bought the apartment and bought the apartment below with plans to build a a stairwell so that they could be more connected to each other. And his parents, his poor mother, like the mom. I know. I just loved like the baker. Yeah. I, what made me sad about this book and maybe because our society is mirroring this Mm -hmm. a lot more lately. uh, Why is he so quick to support and change his life for the betterment of this tyrannical government Mm -hmm. instead of jumping like having the same jumping mode of choices for the opposite like for not for the revolution but just for the betterment of all people instead mm-hmm. of himself like, was he created that way because of this government and because of the way the mm-hmm. capital was controlled or was he always that kind of person i still don't know i kind of yeah. i wish there was a piece of me that wanted suzanne collins to do a pre to the prequel because yeah, I want like the war the war but also no. the begin not even the beginnings of the war I want to know more about how the capital was before that mm-hmm. and why the capital turned all of these mm-hmm. people against an entire country why did they rebel exactly why did the rebellion start in the first place well and then what freaks me out about reading books like Mm -hmm. this or watching movies like the hunger games is the closeness and closeness and closeness of what our society looks like today because who are you in this book Mm -hmm. when when the revolution happens because there Mm -hmm. absolutely will be one in the next five years of the 1% going against everyone else mm-hmm. who where do we fall in this mm-hmm. game and where how close will you be in relation to the revolution and what will we all choose to do and talk about when that happens like mm-hmm. will we all choose to be it, put our head in the sand and just go about our daily business and daily work mm-hmm. like the districts mm-hmm. or will we stand up on social media or whatever and say, no, this is not right. This is gross. And we mm-hmm. could have something better. I don't know. Lots of gray area. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to say, I'll do this until you're like truly put in the situation. Exactly. And seeing, oh, mm-hmm. how do I buckle under pressure? Or- right. And that's why I want to hear her version of yeah. that beginning because mm-hmm. I want to see how close it is to our reality and what we could potentially change now. In order to not get to that point, mm-hmm. I know it's fiction, but yeah. Yeah. these revolutions have happened in our own country's history. So, mm-hmm. and we're bound to repeat that history when mm-hmm. we still haven't changed the main makeup, which is white men, straight white men are the rulers of all of these rules and the makers of all these laws, but they make them for themselves. 
when do we get to make them for ourselves? Speaking of straight people. <laughs> yes. Or the lack of thereof. Um, I love that she just throws in, at one point, no other comment is made, just throws in that one of the um, Bairds goes to see the woman she's seeing. But they make no other comment on it. She, They just say, oh, she went to go see the girl she's seeing in town or something like that. Yeah. The oldest of the of Lucy's, like, family. Yes. Thing. Yeah. She, she's like, it just is said and then moved on. Yeah. Like, no one comments on it. I'm like, hello? Hello? <laughs> it's just a part of life. But Which I love. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, just this random sentence said yeah. and then no, never like, addressed really again. Expecting it yeah. And then... <laughs> That's funny. Um, on that note, though, mm-hmm. of Suzanne Collins, mm-hmm. damn, can this woman write? Kiss her on the mouth. <sighs> Kiss so her. good. With consent. With consent. Um, she's an incredible world builder yeah. and storyteller. The Katniss plant. <gasps> oh, mm-hmm. so, so good. good. And the, just the, the him getting so mad at the Mockingjays. At the Mockingjays. And I'm like, yes, so good. Oh, so good. I loved it. It made yeah. that's why it made me want to watch the Hunger Games movies again yes. because I wanted to be able to. Because now you get it. Now yeah. you get why he hates her. Yeah, yeah. So, so much. because she reminds him of everything terrible about himself. Exactly, and, and all the disgusting of, things he's done. Right, and reminds him of the time where like he had so much opportunity to change the future. Yeah. Yep. And now he's watching it all fall apart because yeah. of a girl. Yeah. Oh, and to think that. A girl in a dress. Mm, to think that she wrote this book, the prequel, mm-hmm. after she wrote The Hunger Games. Yeah. And yet I can watch The Hunger Games and still see the yeah. makeup of songbirds and snakes. Yes. And see him hating Katniss so much because of the background. Because I think without this book, you may just see him as being this hateful, tyrannical person. Right. But with the book, like you see those little glimpses in his face, rewatching the originals and being like, oh, he hates her. Yeah. Yes. He doesn't hate the the rebellion. He doesn't hate any of it. He hates her and what she represents. And she's from 12. And she's from 12. The connection. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, good. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> My without, answer for number three. <laughs> yeah. Without spoiling too much, what did you think about where we leave young Snow at the end? Did it change how you feel about him later on, for better or for worse? Halsey? You can't read this. Mine just says Choreo Snow, little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he. He's a military propaganda tool that I hated him more by the end of Songbirds and Snakes. I had no um, love, acceptance or pity for him. I my pity for him was done probably after chapter five. (laughs) Right. Like he once the games really got going. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, Ugh. He made me so angry. When he has to go into the military school, mm-hmm. I, that's when I said, okay, I'm done. Because the fact that you just went through all of that mm-hmm. and your go-to mode is to say, yes, sir, I will absolutely sign up for a life of military work for the next 20 years, mm-hmm. even though I just went through all of that, killed someone, 
fell in love with someone that I should have never fallen in love with. Mm -hmm. And now my family is falling apart. Mm -hmm. He said, yep, I'll take that because he's a coward. And I think it's an that's opportunity. What, yeah. He, it's an opportunity to stay alive because he's too much of a coward to, to go against the grain. Right. Yeah. That's why he hates Sejanus. Honestly, I think he really does hate him. I don't think he was ever a good friend or loved oh, him in any no. way. The, the way he talks about him is awful. Oh, he's so condescending. So like condescending. every time you, you, he talks about him, he's like, this little shit just needs to shut up and stop messing up things for me and right. making me have to quote unquote rescue him. But also he Sejanus isn't succumbing to this military power mm -mm. and seeing it as God and as your life's worse. Mm -hmm. So because he's not doing that and doing the same as me, he's an outcast. Cannot be bothered. Get away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll just kill you. And he's willing to stand up for his beliefs and say something's not right mm -hmm. and I want to mm -hmm. fix it. Yeah. And try to do what I can to make a difference. Yeah. And instead he just gets killed for it. Killed for yeah. it. Awesome. And granted, like he was idealistic. Yeah. He he never had a good plan mm -hmm. he had ideals that he wanted to be able to hold up to and couldn't right and and often went about it in the wrong way like there's ways he could have done things better or, or done things and actually had you know put yeah. in i don't know actual change but yeah yeah I'm going to skip one question because we did answer. Wait, I had one little thought about question four. Okay. Sorry. The question four was with the world's eyes on the situation in Gaza, it's like we're seeing the capital's control in real life. Do you think Suzanne Collins intended for us to draw these parallels or is it just life imitating art? So this book actually came out in May of 2020. Right. So I think if anything, it's more of a commentary on humanity in general. Yeah. Um, because if you think about it, if it came out in May, she wrote it before the pandemic had even started. Because no, it was in full fledged March, April, May yeah. was the beginning no, of the pandemic. No, I but know, but the book was published shelf. in May. Oh, yes, okay, I see. What you're so saying. she wrote it before the pandemic started, totally. or at least started writing it before the pandemic started. Yeah. So I think, if anything, it's more of a commentary on humanity in general and what humans are capable of, yeah. both good and bad. Yeah. Which you... has always been the commentary of the previous books too. Exactly, it's what humanity can be brought to is capable of yeah or potential mm -hmm. uh do you there's a conspiracy a conspiracy theory in me that says they pushed up the publishing date to come out during the pandemic because mm. she knew that it would resonate more because yeah, maybe publishing dates can be pushed up or back yeah. and i think that having a book like that come out in may of 2020 just a little suspect to me <laughs> Yeah. Just a little bit. All sus. Uh, did, did you have, have any anything thought? for question four, Kel? I said I felt like it was more like life imitating art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know really when it came out in mm -hmm. relation to the world yeah. today. But yeah. I think at the end of the day, power hungry people are going to do what they, whatever it'll take to get mm -hmm. what they want. Yeah. And ultimately they want control. So by any means necessary, maybe not saying they read this book and they're like, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but like <laughs> yeah. to some degree, what is around us is going to have influence on how mm -hmm. we approach certain scenarios. So right. I think that mm -hmm. it could be a little bit of, a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, 
I mean, we're, we haven't really talked about this public facing. We've talked about it on on our Patreon shows about politics and world events Mm -hmm. and what's happening in Gaza right now still. Um, We've never had access to this kind of footage and content in our lifetimes Mm -hmm. and in the lifetime of our country, of America. And the fact that we are seeing a live stream genocide Mm -hmm. would have been unheard of in Mm -hmm. any other time period of life. Mm -hmm. But now we have these emotional connections to Palestinians who are going through this Mm -hmm. and getting a a live look at how history is being made. I couldn't help but see this odd and disturbing connection of we do have access to these people that we've Mm -hmm. never had before Mm -hmm. because technology is now caught up to that Mm -hmm. process. And TikTok is what it is today. Like it is creating, there is a revolution happening on that app right now. And it is wild to Mm -hmm. watch and kind of be a part of. Like I love being a part of that conversation of us kind of being awakened to Mm -hmm. the powers that be are Mm -hmm. only in it for themselves. They're all Coriolanus Snows. Mm -hmm. And we are all the districts. And that line has definitely been drawn Mm -hmm. now over the next five years. It will be interesting to see how the pieces fall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Hunger Games are the ultimate reality show in Pan Am. With the live streaming of conflicts today, do you feel like we're crossing into similar territory where the lines blur between entertainment and horror? I just said that. Yeah. Um, But I also made a note about Squid Games. Yeah. (laughs) Which, so, because you mentioned that, I like used it as my reference too. It's like Squid Games, the scripted show. Yeah. Beautiful. Totally. I haven't watched it, but yes. (laughs) I said it's beautiful and gut-wrenching. Like... Mm. When I but but when I saw that the reality, mm-hmm. have show, you watched it by the way? No. Oh my god, I okay. refuse. But when I first saw it, I was like, "What? What? Yeah." Because in the back of my mind, I was like, "That's disgusting." I know how the show goes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just one step closer, and yeah. when that show was the reality version of it was being aired, it scared me honestly. Same because. What someone will do for the sake of money money mm-hmm. is terrifying. Especially in yeah. the pits of debt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I watched the reality mm-hmm. show and I've not watched the scripted show. So I had mm-hmm. a very interesting experience watching whatever the hell that was. Because they mo- <clears throat> they um, put these little poppers in their uh-huh. uniforms to... Um, do a death scene like when they are gross yeah they pop off and this black goo goes all over them and then i don't know if producers told them to do this or this was just the tribal mentality that was happening in this freaking game but they pretended to die every time the popper went off yeah gross these you and me type people had this thought process that oh we're in the show and this is death and i just died and they would fall over and pretend to be dead Every I don't like that. single I hate it. time. But it I also, was wild. Yeah. I also just think it's taking that next step to make it seem normal. Yes. And so it's only a matter of time before we say, well, why not? Why you not? Know? What's next? Someone will watch it. Someone will enjoy and it. some, but we all watched it because it also mm-hmm. came out right before the holidays. So yeah. it was something to kind of binge while you had time off. Gross, yeah. dude. Uh, all I really had to say was... Um, 
about the last question. About the last question, yeah, was that I think we would get closer to that place if and when um, government media became mandatory viewing, which is where they get to at the end of the book is him pitching the like projectors in this, every home. The, well, not just the projectors, but him saying like, and he says it early on yeah. in the book too, like in his head. Uh, he's like, they don't have to watch us in the district, so it's really not giving the effect you're wanting it to have. Mm-hmm. You gotta force them to watch it. They're only watching the hangings or Reapings. the reapings. So yeah. you're not really getting the full message. Across. The full message. Really, only the capital is getting the full message. So. Right. Um, and then and it's not the, capital kids dying. No. And then at the end of the book, he made it more about, okay, well now we need to give the winning districts something to fight yeah. for and something mm-hmm. to root for, yep. which was food and supplies after their tribute one. And the tribute or the victors. Right. Village. Victor's village. Yeah. yeah. Have something to incentivize. Which in for. 12 were just houses that sat empty except for Hamish. Yeah. For <laughs> yeah. decades and decades. Yes. Crazy. Well, Thanks for your book club thoughts. That was a super fun conversation. <laughs> kind of. Hit uh, me up on Instagram because I got more thoughts. Uh, I don't. Do we have a next book yet? <laughs> we do not. We need a January, February book, which I love. We're kind of trying to split mm-hmm. the books into both months to give us a little bit more time yeah. to read, but also give you more time. I to was listening to that thing at 1.7 speed to get it <laughs> listened to by the end of this last week. I love it. So that we could talk about it. Let's talk about you. Yeah, me. our pin conversation and pillar thread that we wanted to talk about today was friendships. Friends, and I as have friends, I definitely have friends. Friends, friends, friendly friends. Time to meet my friends. I'm Patty. Paula. Oh. <laughs> it's from Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Because <laughs> like, what is happening? again? And you really gotta watch the show. We're really obsessed with. Girl with port wine <laughs> with port wine stain. Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry. Guy okay. with half an eye. <laughs> sorry. Okay, I'm done. Let's I'm done. focus. Focus. I took my Adderall. Is Did it you? working? I said <laughs> it was working during book club. Yeah, it tell. was. Yeah. Okay. As usual, when we talk about a new pin thread pillar situation, we bounce it back to the beginnings of our lives because season one is all about. Ages zero through 13 for the most part. Um, this one's a little hard for Kelly because she kind of blacked out some parts of her childhood. <laughs> I was like, ages zero to 13. I don't okay. I remember a lot. Didn't um, we all? <laughs> so fun. I feel like all of us have very unique friendship stories too, in the mm-hmm. way that we have found our friends, kept our friends, mm-hmm. um, or made new friends in our adulthood. Uh, I my first question though is let's kick it way back. What's your very first memory of making a friend? Was it sharing a toy or maybe a secret handshake? Or was it um a not a real person friend? An imaginary oh. friend. It can totally be an imaginary friend. Oh. Did you have an imaginary friend? I, I don't think have so. Those. No. Did you? Yep. Is that a yep or a nope? A yep. Oh, a yep. I, I said no. Nope. I, like, I did uh-huh. not have imaginary friends. I did. What was your imaginary friend's name? Bob. Oh, Bob. Was he the tomato? He might have been the tomato. If I'm being really honest, I think he was a humanoid ass concept of Bob the tomato. 
Mm. If we're not, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I, uh, VeggieTales. I had a VeggieTales Bob the Tomato shirt. <laughs> and it was just red with his face. Uh-huh. Yes. And I would wear it to church all the time. So oh, yeah. people would call me Kelly Bob. Cute. I sold many of those t-shirts when I was working at Family Christian Bookstore. <laughs> we loved a VeggieTales shirt. Absolutely. Loved uh, a VeggieTale. Yeah. So I don't, Bob. I don't think he was really a imaginary friend. I think he was just um, a trauma-induced <laughs> a trauma-induced I don't know. Coping mechanism? Yeah. yeah. Something to talk a to. comfort, yeah, yeah, in my brain. And he wasn't there for many years. Only like five. Mm. Halsey's like, that's a handful of years. Yeah, that's a good chunk of time. <laughs> um, I, I remember during this age feeling as if I could make a friend anywhere mm-hmm. with anybody. Mm-hmm. But I think it was because, and we've talked about this in the past in the religion episode, I was a pastor's kid. So I was the kid that was made to be friends with everybody and mm-hmm. be the resource and community, like open armed person, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And zero third. 13 was when our parents were children's pastors. So I was constantly either with kids, watching kids, uh, or being in some vacation Bible school or some kid-related activity. Mm -hmm. So it was easy for me to find my people and make friends through this time period. Um, But my first, first friend that I made was Heather. Heather. My best friend. Uh, I have the rare blessing and experience to have a best friend my whole life Mm -hmm. and she has seen me in every season of my life and it's very grounding uh i just got to hang out with her a couple nights ago and she's pregnant and it's just so weird to to see your friend age and like experience new things Mm -hmm. but it brings me right back to playing barbies with her and just connecting on a very how did you guys even meet we uh we met because of our moms mm. they met in like a church situation before mm-hmm. we were born so they had already known each other and yeah. knew about each other cuz they didn't go to first church they didn't no they didn't mm-hmm. but they were in uh i think the first first church bethany bible mm. they were connected in there and okay. knew the same people Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everyone kind of went to Bethany <laughs> Bible at some point. It, it's a big church. It is. Uh, it's large. But Heather and I always say, well, we met when we were eight because I think cognitively that mm-hmm. was when we could actually have memories and recognize that we were around each other more and more. But we mm-hmm. have always known each other since we were born because mm-hmm. our moms knew each other and we had play dates or we were in mm-hmm. the same church functions together since birth. Like homeschool stuff. Yeah. So at eight, we started homeschool co-oping together and Mm -hmm. did the same home group together. So Mm -hmm. Heather and I have this very distinct memory of going to the same co-op start day and we were both wearing overalls and she came out on, I was sitting on the patio and she came out to the patio and her mom brought her and she said, do you remember Bailey? This is Bailey. I think you guys are going to be great friends. And she looked at me and I looked at her and she had this cute little bob and cute little bangs. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I gave her a hug, and then we went and played with Barbies, probably. Aww. And that was the end. Like, I just I no, love kidding. that I've known her that long. It's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. And we have been together many seasons of life. We've gotten to live together. We've worked together in weird ways and homeschooled together in, in each other's weddings. And now all the babies. Yeah. Not my babies. Her babies. Her babies. Oh. I love it. Uh, first friends, 
first friend stories do we remember um i my first friends i had i also have somewhat of a similar yeah treat as you of having a childhood best friend kelsey yeah we went to church together and um so we say we've known each other since we were little babies love we call each other um our rgf our really good friends (laughs) and because it had to be different than yeah yeah cute bracelets and we made everything um we didn't live exactly Super, super close together, so I didn't get yeah. to see her all the time, but I saw her at church. I saw her at camp. Yeah. And I would go over and play at her house and stuff. She was my first sleepover, too. Same. Yeah, which with Heather. I got very scared on my first sleepover, <laughs> and I um, went to her mom and said, I need to go home. Yeah. And so her mom called my parents, and they came and picked me up, and Kelsey was asleep the whole time and had no <laughs> idea until no. the next – she was also a very hard sleeper. I love it. So Good for you, Kelsey. So – she slept through it and she woke up the next morning and was like, where did she Where'd go? Where did she go? I guess I friends in disappear in the middle of the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I got to be her friend and we've also that. walked through a lot of life together mm. from a distance though, but like keeping but still. each other close and yeah, keeping each other in mind as we're going through stuff. And Do you feel like Kelsey is that RGF? Is that what you called her? RBF. No, nope. RGF. RGF. That... You can be away from each other for years, but the second that you're together, you just pick right back up. Yeah. Like nothing has changed. Yeah. I love that. That's the way Heather is too. So yeah, no matter how much time and space we get together and mm-hmm. even distance, she moved. This was past the time frame that we're talking about today, but yeah. she moved um, to Utah in high school. I think wow. like freshman, I don't know, junior year maybe. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. But we had a notebook that we would write to each other. I still have it. It's in my keepsake box. And oh, we would like so cut out magazine words and stuff and do like little collages. And Cute. we'd say like, this is what's going on in my life. And then we'd like, I made this little picture for you. And then we'd mail this notebook back, back. and forth to each other. So it has our old addresses oh. written in the front. So we always could remember like sisterhood of the traveling journal notebook yeah that's so cute it's zebra print oh Oh, we love it to find it it's really funny so early 2000s so good yeah delish uh my friend rachel who's another lifelong friend we've known each other since we were born uh we used to do pen pal because we moved Mm -hmm. she moved on to the opposite side of phoenix when we were i think a junior high Mm -hmm. and it was devastating yes. that we were so far away from each other because she was on in north phoenix i mean come on so we became pen pals and i still both of us still have letters from each other uh-huh. when we were in grade school that we've saved i love that mm-hmm. first friends so i have like two separate ones that are like the most embedded mm-hmm. um tara and coral oh yeah yeah um who uh, we went to first church with yep um a lot of time at Tara's house because she had they had the best house a rocking house she their family moved to Litchfield when it first became built yeah and it was the neighborhood to be in uh, yeah. we're talking massive homes but they have a family of seven children was that mm. seven or six all five. starting with T. Five. Every single one. <laughs> yeah. And 
they had this but they massive, were just super fun they were so fun they had a massive game room yeah. and their backyard oh, was yeah. dope and like her brothers would play with us yeah. and like so cool they had the oldest boy who he was like a teenager he was like yeah. their like much older sibling yeah and then her next uh and then taylor and then tara and then there's two boys or taylor and then there's two boys and then tara yeah um huge family but tara and i were the exact same age and then we had another friend named coral mm-hmm. and we were i mean for a while there was like a a good period of time where we were like inseparable yeah. the three of us yeah and well and also during that time period Tara's older sister and I were very close we're good as friends. well. Yeah. So we would have like joint oh, play dates, yes. joint sleepovers. Like, so fun. That's the first house I really remember sleeping over at. Yeah. Um, we would stay up until like four o'clock in the morning. Like that, there was just no bedtimes. No. Yeah. Um, Which was delightful. And I just have all these like, so right outside of their parents' bedroom, they had this landing and that's where we would set up like the Barbie village <laughs> and it was just a village, a village. Like it was just so great because we would all bring all of our dolls. Mm-hmm. So it'll be all of our Polly pockets and all of our Barbies and everything. And <laughs> everyone would bring like, if you had a car, bring it with you, if, whatever you had. And then we would build like, it took more. It was one of those things where like, it takes more time to set it oh, all oh, up yeah. than you actually spend playing with it. But that's the best part. Yes. And to be like, okay, this is going to be your little house in the neighborhood and this will be yours. And <laughs> I'd, like, those are the deep memories. We were Ooh, all Polly pocket girls. Like yes. we were the bigger ones with the rubber yeah. clothes. Cause that's there. Not, downstairs Not the like, I also she have a bucket some. of, them. Oh, there's a specific scarf <laughs> that if I could chew on that thing one more time, <laughs> Do you know which one I'm talking about? The pink fluffy scarf? I'll find it for you. Thank you. you. Uh, Listen. The amount of times I would walk into Halsey's in my bedroom and she'd be eating Polly Pocket clothes are not one time. You know what I'm saying? They were just... Listen, I had an oral fixation. (laughs) I probably chewed on my fair share Yes. Polly Pocket I did not do this. And they just... They squeaked just right in your molars. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, Tara and Coral and I, and um, so fun. we just yeah, it we was loved, so innocent. It was that so time. innocent. We loved uh, Amanda Bynes movies. Oh yeah, we would watch um, tons of Nickelodeon and Disney. a lot of Nickelodeon. They had cable when oh. we usually didn't, and so um, yeah, and we all homeschooled. We were all homeschool kids. So yep. yeah, it was just. I don't know. So, like, yeah, innocent and sweet. And we all grew apart. Like, I started going to public school, and we then left that church. And so I didn't really, like, see them much throughout the rest of our childhoods. But we all are, you know, some friends on Facebook and stuff like that. And then um, I have Crystal, obviously. We've known each other since we were five and six years old. Um, We, you know, we have our ebbs and flows of seasons. um, But all friendships do. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, especially, like, for the childhood friendships as mm-hmm. you get older and you kind of find who you are yeah. more of a person more as a person and mm-hmm. geographically you yeah we kept leaving the country places. at different like, times it's hard to stay <laughs> yeah yeah Super her and i have close. moved out of the country multiple times at yeah. different times and yeah but um i do yeah. i i love that conversation of mm, as you become more of a human how mm-hmm. do your friendships also mold around you because heather and i are we're pretty different people. We have mm-hmm. lots of similarities in likes and dislikes mm-hmm. that are the same, mm-hmm. but 
she was raised much more a legalistic Christian than I was. And that will mold you and change you in different ways. But Mm -hmm. what I've loved about our friendship and our maturity in friendship Mm -hmm. is that we've been able to still have love for each other, still listen to each other's opinions Mm -hmm. and thought processes about what is going on in the world or Mm -hmm. how our opinions are changing and still give space to each other, even though we might not think the same things, you know, and that's totally okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. My only other little childhood friend was Trevor. And oh, our lived, neighbor boy. He lived across the street, yeah. and we went to the same elementary school. Yeah. And he was my little fourth grade boyfriend. Yeah. And so cute. So cute. Looking at your childhood self, what would you say about how? What would you say about how you chose your friends? Was there a pattern, or were you friends with everyone? Were you friends with the same type of person growing up? I don't know. (laughs) I think I was kind of friends with everyone. Yeah. But I think also because I kind of had to be. Yes. Um, With camp also, I think part of me making friends was not to get too attached, but Mm. to do something and be the yes girl a little bit as Mm -hmm. like my little eight-year-old self (laughs) of... I got to make this week memorable so yeah. you come back next year and we're still friends. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love it, but that's also so that's sad. So but sad. like, but, but don't get too attached, but like you're going to want to come back and you're going to want to be friends with me, hopefully. <laughs> that's such a like survivalist mode. I had the same mentality, though, yeah. for vacation Bible school because my mom was the director. We would have so many summer kids, summer mm-hmm. church kids come in where they only come because their parents need them to go somewhere during the day. Child care. Yeah. Child it's free. Care. Yeah. <laughs> free 99. Yeah. Uh, well, like we would have adults, families come work for the week. Right. And they bring their kids just to be staff family and just hang out. And yeah. I got to run the world <laughs> in mm-hmm. that little time. But <laughs> yeah. so I just wanted to try to be friends because it would be a new person to yeah. kind of. Especially as a youngest sibling, it's the one time that you get to be the power, the the big kahuna. Yeah. The ringleader. Yeah. Or making friends with Mm -hmm. the older staff. Yeah. And just being friends with the 16, 17, 18 year olds. Yes. Which was also my experience of Bailey having friends. Older friends. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was different. I loved being, I was always the ringleader in this age range because. I I think that was the only role that I could assume. I was mm-hmm. the oldest sister, so therefore I would be the older sister for everyone else mm-hmm. and kind of have my crew. But same thing, try to be friends with everybody. I do feel like I found my core crew of friends and we all had very similar backgrounds or similar likes and dislikes at that age. Mm-hmm. Um and they were always homeschool kids <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Gotta stick together. So I wrote that I, I wasn't picky. Um, <laughs> we'll take and, anyone. And this is kind of continued. Like I, I wanted to choose people who weren't often chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids bring home straight animals. I brought home lost children. <laughs> like yeah. I, I brought home. Yeah. The, the kids that like, needed something. nobody else wanted Aww. which sounds terrible like m- to my friends i don't feel that way about you i don't think nobody wants you but like it <laughs> felt i felt that way i right. mean bailey can contest that there were many times especially like third through fourth th- through through sixth grade where i would just come home 
crying because I just felt like I had nobody. no friends mm-hmm. and nobody and that yeah. I was just completely alone. Well, and then she had two older siblings who clearly did have mm-hmm. established community and that we mm-hmm. had found our people mm-hmm. at our ages. So mm-hmm. she was trying to put herself to that standard of like, well, yeah. if Jansen and Bailey have found their people, where are my people? Yeah. yeah. Not realizing we're seven years ahead of you having made that community. Yeah. yeah. You know? I get that too, because I mean, both my siblings had large friend groups yeah. that mm-hmm. always came to our house, called my parents, mom and dad, Aww. like mm-hmm. were very involved involved in each other's lives. And I don't think I really had that. Yeah. But. but yeah. No, I, I especially like, like I, th- yeah. I think it probably expanded quite a bit once I got into high school. Um, but yeah, I always had the friends who either like home life wasn't great or what you know whatever for whatever reason mm-hmm. i also we bonded i mean you're an empath so yeah. you can not seek those people out but they mm-hmm. kind of just bubble up to the surface and mm-hmm. you they, they have an aura to them you know what i'm saying <laughs> and i just see them yeah. yeah like i just always i don't know i wanted to be the friend of the friendless mm-hmm. i wanted those people to know that like they had a person yeah who knew that they existed i did that more in high school i think i tried to find mm-hmm. the outsider i had this friend named stephanie in high school who mm-hmm. she was just different than mm-hmm. than everybody else she's a little quirky little kooky but i i loved her i thought she was so fun and so talented she was a, a cartoonist and she's like become a an artist like a graphic designer now mm-hmm. which I love but she was shunned a lot during high school mm-hmm. and I was always the friend to her that no one else wanted to mm-hmm. be and I'm proud of that but I didn't really experience mm-hmm. that until I got out of the Christian community like the hardcore Christian community and started mm-hmm. seeing new kinds of people yeah mm-hmm. well especially in high school my freshman year a senior took his own life mm-hmm. um in in my high school yeah and um i think that it it affected our whole school yeah but it for me it affected me in the way of like okay if he felt alone or unknown mm. i don't want anyone to ever like, feel that way that like way. who else feels that way let mm. me find those people yeah because i also was experiencing that and experiencing you know suicidal ideation yeah. and those kind of things but um i just was so like heartbroken yeah. that someone near and in your age range yes. could get to that point. Yeah. yeah. It's shocking. One, well, his younger sister ended up being a freshman a few years later. Mm. And, and so we all knew her. Yeah. And, and oh, so hard. that was, yeah. Hmm. Did your parents have a say in who you hung out with as a kid? How did their influence shape your early friendships? Kelly, you said you kind of had a hard time with this one. I honestly don't remember yeah, my parents being saying you can't hang out with this person or you can't hang out with that person. Huh. So Does I that have, surprise you? No, it oh. doesn't surprise me at all because your parents are lovers and mm-hmm. community oriented people and definitely people who are accepting of of a lot of hard things mm-hmm. because of what they've gone through as parents. Yeah. I, what's weird to me looking back because I, as we've been saying, a lot of old memories are coming to the surface. I had a lot of moments in my early childhood where my parents told me not to be friends with someone. Really? I have these distinct, especially when I started going to school for the first time, grade school, Mm. 
there was this boy in grade school who was ostracized in our class because he was just a little different. Yeah. And he was very, he was probably on the autism spectrum and he was very cerebral and he was very smart. And I just was so, I was just always interested in him and interested in his thoughts, even from Mm -hmm. a young age. But he was the weird kid in our classes. And Mm -hmm. I have these distinct memories because my parents were very involved in the school activities Mm -hmm. and being Mm -hmm. part of the PTA and stuff like that and being around us in our classrooms because my mom was still a stay-at-home mom at that age. So she got Mm -hmm. to be part of our classrooms a lot. I have these distinct memories of both of my parents sitting me down saying that I couldn't be friends with him and that I needed to distance myself from him because he's just not someone we want you to be friends with because they thought he was weird. I swear to you, it's the strangest thing. And that happened a couple of times mm-hmm. in junior high. It happened when I went back into co-op and into homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happened one other time, not that boy, but another kiddo that was just a little off, a little quirky mm-hmm. and weird. Yeah. And they, I just think that they rubbed them the wrong way. But it, now as an adult looking back, it was more about, I think, they wanted me to be associated with people that would, I don't know, increase our stature in this community mm-hmm. and that I wouldn't be known for being friends with that person. I would be known for being friends with like the popular crew or the more established crew. I don't know. It was yeah. very strange. But I also think my parents had always thought that we would be homeschooled. So when mm-hmm. they didn't have control over everyone that was around us I think it just freaked them out that now I have control of who's around me instead yeah well because like my parents went back to camp full-time when I was nine yeah so it wasn't as demanding as I've said this before it wasn't as crazy of a schedule then as it is now but Mm -hmm. it took a lot of our time and even before Mm -hmm. they were back officially full-time we still spent a lot of time there yeah and then we moved when I was going into sixth grade so around like 11 12 yeah mm-hmm. however old you are at that point in your life but um so i had to start over right making friends and it was like okay mm. from scratch with a group yeah. of people that have all been together that's their hard. entire life yeah oh god yeah yeah don't love being the new kid so mm. yeah not my fave did you have an answer to this one are you good um i not so much that mom, like mom and dad ever really told me I couldn't be friends with someone. Their mom's got that Scorpio mind where she just knows things. <laughs> and so she often, not often, there were a few friendships where she would kind of like warn me of like, hey, yeah. like she could see she could see the writing on the wall the of like, I don't think this is like a good friendship for you. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of experiences and even in the last few years, I've continued to have these experiences of people thinking they can walk all over me yeah. or mold me or treat me like crap and that yeah. I'll just be okay with it. Yeah. Um, and when I was younger, because I was so desperate for friendship and to be a part of something, yeah. um, I was a lot more likely to just what, whoever go along with it, yes. you know, um, and... Yeah, so, uh, like, the last one that really sticks out the most was this girl I was friends with my freshman year of high school. Yeah. Who, um, she actually ended up leaving her school after that year anyway, so it was, like, beside the point. Yeah. But, um, for most of freshman year, yeah, I almost felt like I was, um, in trouble for being her friend. Mm. 
because I, I do remember the conversation. I mean, she wasn't house. a great influence. No. I'll be real. But I don't know. I just think I also just need to like figure that out for myself. But also back then, what yeah. was a bad influence in our parents' eyes? Someone yeah. that was secular, that wasn't yeah. part of a church. The second that they found out that the family wasn't religious, it became mm, yeah. questionable to have this person around. Yeah. Even though, aren't we supposed to love everybody and be accepting of everybody and yeah. have have yeah. Uh, speak light into the darkness? Yeah. yeah. How does that happen if you're not friends with everybody? Don't know. Yeah. Thanks for answering your friendship questions. Did you have anything else? Well, you had the question about friendship breakups, but. I kind of want to save that one because I have more friendship breakups in high school. Mm -hmm. And I feel like friendship breakups when you're zero to 13 are because someone wore limited to today and we were supposed to wear. Listen, I have a specific one. (laughs) Oh, you do? From that age. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Tell the story. Listen, it was also probably a little fueled by just being gay. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, because that's <laughs> that's a very uh, common experience in queer women <laughs> is uh, heartbreaking friendship breakups. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you were probably a little bit in love with your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this one specifically, <sighs> I evidently did something that made this girl mad. And I, and to make it up to her needed to like this little sociopath (laughs) i remember her entire full name i'm never going to say it but if i ever saw her in public it'd be on site (laughs) (laughs) um to make it up to her i had to give her my like most prized possession stuffed animal which granted was a kid who did not have a lot of them (laughs) like i had very few and so there is a one of my like I can remember exactly what this little stuffed dog looked like. Oh, no. Not puppy. Puppy stayed with me for like my yeah, entire yeah, life yeah. until I accidentally left him at a different ex best friend's house. Dang it! And she refuses to admit that I left him at her house <laughs> in <Jesus>. high school. <laughs> Still bitter. Still yeah. bitter. Anyway, seated. Deep seated. Sorry, we're over again. It's but okay. um, but yeah. So she, you know, that's messed up to this day. That's my stuffed dog. Little girls, man. Unless she gave it away to Goodwill. Lethal. Or she burned it. It's on site. It's on site. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <Anyways. laughs> thanks for hanging out mm-hmm. for episode 15 Six, of 16. This yeah. This is episode 16. It is. Sweet 16. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm trained. This podcast can drive. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Have fun. Um, that now that you've watched the show, please subscribe if you haven't already, and rate and review this on all podcast platforms or whichever platform of your choosing. Uh, please okay. comment down below if you're on the YouTube's and tell us about your first friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they still your friend? Which Polly Pocket item of clothing did you like to choose? Oh, dear God. (laughs) Actually, I do kind of want to And why was it the pink scarf? Or there's that one shirt. There's a yellow and pink shirt. Get it. Of course, because I would walk in on you (laughs) chewing things all the time. I'm like, well, I got to try it. (laughs) It's the sound of the rubber against your teeth. Mm, Little squeaks. (laughs) Delicious. On that note, (laughs) sister by contract. Yes.
Miss Kelly. Thank you. Love you. Thank you for coming and preparing your friendship stories. Mm-hmm. Sister by Blood, love you. Thank you for coming. Hi. I halsey. She halsey. <laughs> and I'm Bailey. This is Blood and Contracts. Thanks for watching and listening. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.